0: Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,517. The topic is nutrition and the title is Client Case Study Addressing Undereating. So I'm working with somebody, uh, we just started working together a little bit ago, and what we're working to address is undereating. They do marathon running, a little bit of late lifting here and there and they want to perform better in those uh, aspects as well as just look better feel better for for overall health so what we've been looking at is essentially what's going on is they would have been kind of inconsistent in their eating but if they're faulting in one direction it's faulting towards under eating and they're under eating protein based on their activity level and kind of like having enough protein for Daily energy, like, well, energy is funny, interesting to say that because protein doesn't get broken down for energy. So it's more so actually like daily repair. And if your repair is behind and your joints are beat up, your muscles are damaged, you're going to feel very fatigued because nothing's working very well. It's kind of like trying to like run a machine that's half broken, and then your daily energy will be suffering. So the energy actually does suffer from the accumulative fatigue and uh, things that haven't been repaired. And then that's actually why like lower protein can affect energy. It's not that protein is converted to energy. It's just that if nothing's repaired, you're operating a broken system. It's inefficient. You feel tired, lethargic, you just kind of feel beat up all the time. And that's what negatively impacts your energy. So having enough protein is actually helpful towards daily energy because then you feel fresh, you feel good, your joints don't hurt, nothing feels beat up. And that's actually what we're looking for, uh, not only for physical repair from her activities, but also just to maintain a better kind of energy balance throughout the day. And we want, as she gets older, to not run into osteoporosis issues. So making sure we have enough calories, making sure we have enough protein, make sure that she maintains healthy bones. Since um, this client is a smaller framed human being, like 100 pounds body weight, and they do a lot of running, they run the risk of having uh, early, early negative effects of bone loss. So if we're not eating correctly, they're going to be very susceptible to early onset osteoporosis, really bad uh, posture mechanics, and a lot of other type issues that can be uh, correlated with all those. So in their nutrition plan, what we started with was actually just some minimums. Uh, I was like, hey, let's see if we can get like a thousand calories a day as a minimum. Let's see if we can get 60 grams of protein a day as a minimum. That's going to be kind of like our starting place. Then for the timing of it, they typically wouldn't eat during the day and they would eat most of their food at night. So I said, let's, you know, let's rearrange that a little bit and let's aim to have 33% of your calories by 4 p.m. Yeah, 4 p.m. uh, coincides with when they get off work. So I was like, see if we can make these changes. And that'll get us more consistent and a little better than where we've been, but it's not like telling somebody to rework their entire life, change every single habit they've ever had. You know, so I'm not asking her to eat certain foods she's not used to. I'm not asking her to all of a sudden, you know, eat seven meals a day. We just want to say, you know, of what we're doing now, what would be like a best day that we have now? And can we have that best day a little more consistently? and. Then let's get some consistency to see what we can change and modify as we go. So that's actually what we're focusing on. I told her that to hit the thousand calorie minimums, she can use a food tracking app if she wants, or she can just kind of read the labels on the foods uh, she has available or sitting next to her. So if she eats some cashews, read the label on it and say, okay, well, I've eaten about You know, about a half a cup of cashews, X amount of calories. I'll add that up as I go throughout the day. So she can add it up in her mind, or she can add it up on a tracking app. Eventually, I would probably push the person to do the tracking app as we get into more complex components. But again, it kind of depends on... Every individual person I work with, what results do they want? You know, if they want results that can be managed without the app, then sure, let's do it without the app. You know, you know, I'm not asking. I don't. There's nothing that needs to be done that a person doesn't want to do. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, just try to make it as easy as we can to achieve to whatever degree of success that they want. So, what she did was she wrote out what her foods were for the past uh, for a couple days here, recent days. So what I want to do in today's podcast was read through the food choices that she made and then just talk about some of my uh, initial thoughts and what might be some of the uh, feedback that I give her. Okay, so one of the days she ate for breakfast Greek yogurt, chocolate granola, and frozen berries. Uh, good. The Greek yogurt is going to have protein. The granola has like fats and a little bit of carbs in it. The berries have some carbs. So the the fats and the carbs are going to give her some energy to go to her next meal. And she has some protein in there. Awesome. Then at lunch, she had a quinoa salad, which is quinoa, chickpeas, onion, cucumber, olive oil, and sunflower seeds. Now in that you would get some protein uh, from the chickpeas, some protein from the sunflower seeds. I'm not sure how much protein would have really been in there, uh, but it's, it's an overall healthy meal in the sense that it has some proteins, has some complexity to it, uh, especially the olive oil having some fats in there. It's going to break down slowly. So breakfast, she would have had the breakfast and it would have broken down slowly to provide her protein and, and energy nutrients, carbs and fats in her bloodstream throughout the morning. Then she has a quinoa salad, again, getting in some protein, getting in some fats and carbs that'll break down slowly throughout the afternoon. Then, after work, she did a Premier Protein Shake, which she says has 160 calories and 30 grams of protein. That's badass. 30 grams of protein is like half of our minimum that we wanted, so that's great. 160 calories is pretty low calories, Uh, even though she only really her minimum that we're aiming for is 1,000. That's still, you know, only like 15, 16%. So, not a lot of calories there, but that's okay. She had the lunch earlier, and after the snack, sometimes she works out sometimes she doesn't not sure if she went for a run or workout on that day and then it dinner was chicken pesto gnocchi broccoli uh, and there you go so she had chicken a carb and uh, some vegetables that was actually a really good day so she had three good solid meals she had the protein shake hopefully before she went and did some running or did some weight training she would be able to add some carbohydrates at that snack if she was actually active and going out and running and and lifting weights. So that way she had a little extra energy because the lunch wouldn't have provided a ton of energy. It would have been good for it, like itself, but it probably wouldn't have lasted and given like much of an effort uh, energy-wise towards any kind of evening training. So this day was awesome. She kicked butt. You know, she attended to, she paid attention to having some protein in every meal and she had, Nice three good full meals and that protein shake in the afternoon. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Really good day my uh, suggestion on that would be is she didn't include the numbers but i'm assuming that would be all over a thousand calories and that's going to put her around 60 grams of protein for sure because she had chicken with the dinner she had the greek yogurt at breakfast and the chickpeas and the sunflower seeds would have provided some protein at lunch so she was probably at least at 60 or maybe a little bit over for that in grams of protein thousand calories probably and then my advice there would be as well if you did go for a run or if you did uh, weight training after that snack time, that premiere shake. You could add some carbs there if you wanted, just to give you extra energy during the physical fitness activities. Uh, and it wouldn't have, we'd have absolutely no worries about that converting to body fat. She's not even really eating enough uh, to worry about that. We're actually just trying to prevent her body from eating itself at this point. Then uh, the next day that was recorded was a bagel with cream cheese as breakfast. Um, not Bad, because it would have given us some carbohydrates. Cream cheese might have had a little bit of fat, maybe a smidgen of protein, but there's not a lot of protein there. So a bagel with cream cheese is a, is a good that you had a meal, It's good that it had some complexity to it, because that would have taken a little bit to break down, maybe an hour or two or so, you know, to break down. Uh, we would have liked a little more protein in that meal, though I'm, I'm pretty sure that was probably pretty low. Then lunch was an orange, the Premier Protein Shake, And then that quinoa salad. Glad. That's awesome. Like adding the protein shake there was great because it boosts the protein of that meal knowing that we were behind from having less protein at breakfast. So that was a good lunch for sure. And then she had dinner with stir fry, rice, veggies, soy sauce, teriyaki sauce, and then chicken. Good. So she had some protein at dinner. Now I'm assuming on this day she didn't have any afternoon snack, nothing like that. So um, that would be an okay day if she didn't do any running or weight training. If she did do running or weight training, it would have been nice to have put some nutrients in your face (laughs) uh, right before that or directly right after that. So that way the body would have not been and as much of a deficit following uh, that bout of activity so if that was a non-training day non-active day did really good job you got that protein in the extra protein at lunch to make up for some of the missed protein at breakfast So a pretty good day the next day we have is breakfast was chocolate granola frozen berries and two percent milk uh, i'm not sure how much protein the chocolate granola would have had probably not enough And we might not have had enough milk to really add up to enough protein. It kind of depends on how much milk you had. Uh, But that that meal would have been plenty of carbs and fats. So granola has a lot of calories and a lot of fats, I believe. Uh, Let me actually, I'm 99% sure. Let's actually check and see if I'm actually right here. (laughs) So probably a good thing to do every now and then, although I'm I'm pretty certain I, I know what I'm doing. So let's see if we can find the nutrition facts here. And of course I can't. So this is a lovely thing to do when everybody's uh, listening to you right now. So let me check a different uh, link here. Okay, let's see if this one would work. So what I do, if you're wondering, is just do a Google search for granola nutrition facts and it pops up. So a, a granola that's made by purely Elizabeth it's a kind of a basic granola Uh, it's it's saying that for a third of a cup of granola you have six grams of fat 19 grams of carbs and only three grams of protein so I was right that that's gonna be mostly carbs and fats energy-based there's not gonna be a lot of protein so even if she had a full a cup of uh, granola she's only gonna be flirting with around nine to ten grams of protein which if you combine that then with some of the milk that she ha- said she had and then the, uh, bu- 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 the frozen berries, there'd be no protein in there. So the granola, tons of uh, carbs, tons of fats, good energy, not a ton of protein, but the 2% milk would have bumped the protein up a little bit there too. So she might have gotten away, depending on how much milk she had, around 15 to 20 grams of protein. When our minimum target is 60, that's actually not too bad. That's a pretty good percentage. You think, okay, well, if I eat three meals a day, then I want each meal to account for a third of my protein. So if I'm having 20 grams of protein per meal, that would add up to 60 by the end of the day. So she actually did hit her protein uh, percentage there. So good job overall. There you go. Then lunch was a premier protein shake and that's it. Definitely not enough calories. It's only 160 calories, really good protein, but not really any carbs and fats. Was going to have probably have pretty low energy throughout the day, uh, maybe even super hungry that night and or really tired and lethargic the next morning. So that's something that she would want to work on is trying to add some calories there. Now she did have a late snack which was the quinoa salad. So maybe she was super busy that day. The only thing she could get in around lunch was the protein shake. So she made sure she came back later in the day when she her schedule calmed down, that she was able to have the quinoa salad. So kick butt, good job. <laughs> and then dinner was a Korean beef bowls. So I'm sure there's some protein in there since it's a beef bowl. Uh, so that was actually a really good job. So if that was the case where she was too busy for lunch to have a full lunch at that time. She came back and had it as the late snack. Kick butt. Awesome job. She undoubtedly hit 60 grams of protein there for sure and was probably over a thousand calories. Really good job there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Really good uh, job so far. The fourth day she recorded was uh, breakfast was N.A., which I'm guessing just kind of missed it, skipped it. Uh, Lunch was a premier protein shake, just that 160 gram uh, calories and 30 grams of protein. So, oh, okay, I see. She did also have a turkey and cheese sandwich and an apple. Okay, cool. So that turkey and cheese sandwich would have boosted the calories up. She had a ton of protein at lunch. She had the 30 grams from the shake. The cheese would have had protein and the turkey would have had protein. So she definitely kind of got herself back on track after the missed breakfast. Is it good to miss the breakfast? No, but... You know, what can you do when you already make a mistake? You come back and you kick ass and you build your numbers back up in the next meal, which is exactly what she did. So she did a great job. So she had the Premier Protein Shake, 30 grams of protein there. Turkey and cheese sandwich had good protein in there. The cheese would have had fats, which would have been energy. uh, And she had an apple, which would have been some energy as well. Then for dinner, she had uh, chicken with Pesto bonza pasta. Bonza pasta is a chickpea pasta which has great protein content. And she had broccoli. So, man, her protein is probably kick ass today uh, on this day. So, awesome job. Good job. Then, for dessert, she had pumpkin pie with whipped cream. Great. Awesome. Since we missed breakfast, we were undoubtedly a little low on calories. So, I'm glad she had the pumpkin pie. Uh, at this point, when we're trying to correct under eating, there is no concern about having a dessert. Eat it, enjoy it, whatever, you know. Uh, do we want to eat all sugary stuff and eat all at night? No. But she did a great job here. Is You can have absolutely no guilt, no worries, no concerns about having that pumpkin pie. Because we were behind in the day calorie-wise. She made sure she hit her protein. So eating that extra bit would have only actually helped to make sure she was on track for her calorie minimums. So, Awesome job. Uh, Kick butt. Uh, She knows who she is. (laughs) I'm sure there's no one else ate exactly the foods she did. I don't like saying clients' names in these podcasts. But good job, you. (laughs) You kicked butt and you did great. Uh, So really well done. Uh, She wrote on to say, I'm starting to use the MyFitnessPal app. So I said, awesome. Uh, And with all my clients, when they're using an app, I tell them, give me your username and password. I'll sign in uh, at least once a week. Check and see what you're eating, the times you're eating, the amounts, the sugar contents, cholesterol contents, sodium contents. And then I give them back suggestions if I see that there's anything they need to change or correct. So it really helps me see more of what's going on. So that was awesome. I'm glad she's going to start doing that. And then she said, I'm curious about timing meals. This may be a next step thing. Uh, Make sure I worry about calories intake first. She wrote in parentheses, which is good. Uh, But I haven't been sleeping super well and I'm waking up tired. Wondering about when is considered too late to be eating or what I should eat later in the evening before I go to bed. Okay. Awesome question. Love this. So... If you're dealing with fatigue and maybe you're not sleeping well because uh, you're hungry, eat more earlier in the day. That is the absolute best way to correct that is don't try to eat more at night. Try to eat more during the day. Now, is that convenient? No. Is it the best answer? Yes. (laughs) So that's why I'm giving you the answer is it's better to eat more at breakfast at lunch So, that way, by the time you get into the evening, you've had a lot of calories and you won't have accumulated as much fatigue throughout the day. If we eat throughout the day and say I used 2,000 calories but I've only eaten 1,200, then I'm going to feel tired from that. I'm going to try to overeat, you know, I'm going to try to eat to make up that 800, maybe. I accidentally eat 1,000 rather than 800 that I really needed. So now I have this 200-calorie surplus, and all of a sudden I gain a little bit of body fat. The challenging part is, I used to teach exercise physiology at the local university. We did a breathing test for like calculating how many calories a person burns in a day. You can get a pretty accurate estimation of how many calories a person uses in a day. But our days are different. You know, whether I walked up a flight of steps or whether I didn't, you know, whether I had problems with a printer, so I had to walk back and forth from my computer to the printer 17 times when I normally don't do that. Our caloric usage differs every day. You can calculate like BMR, like basal metabolic rate, but there's a, a, a significant portion of the calories per day that's attributable to just activity. And what I'm getting to all that is, is it's very hard to know exactly how many calories you needed at, at the end of the day. So it's easier to eat earlier in the day. And then if you don't feel as hungry, you eat a little bit less at the end of the day. If you feel kind of hungry, just eat your normal meals. If you're tired throughout the day, you don't eat enough throughout the day. It's hard to determine how much do I need to eat to get to my baseline? Even though I'm really super tired. Do I eat until I feel good energy? No, because I'm about to go to bed. I don't need all that energy. So often people eat until they feel full. But what happens is your body's trying to correct what's been missing and overcompensate. So this is like if I'm spending money all day. And let's say I, I, I make $1,000 during the day, but I spend 1400 So I'm $400 in the hole. At the end of the day, someone says, hey, I'll give you a loan. Like you can have the $400 that you need, or if you go a little above that, you know, I might tax you on X percent, and you're like, "Well, I needed 1,400. If I only take 400, I'm pretty, I'm at risk tomorrow. Maybe what happens if I if I don't have enough? So I think maybe I'll take 600. I'll take the 400 without the interest. I'll take then the extra 200, pay a small interest just to ensure that I have some money. But That's normal sense, right? As you would say, if I'm spending more than I'm making and I have an opportunity to get more to protect myself, I'm willing to pay a little bit of a toll on that, a little bit of a percentage. Essentially what happens when we undereat during the day, our body then says, hey, we're in a deficit. I want you to eat more food. And whatever you eat, it's going to say, eat more. Eat a little more. Eat a little bit more. You'll go a couple bites above what you really needed, and there will be a surplus. The body wants that surplus because it wants that protection. But the percentage that we have to pay is body fat accumulation. So if we under-eat during the day, our body tries to make up for that at the end of the day, but it doesn't try to make up for it just to what it needs. It tries to add in extra protection. That extra protection costs us in the form of body fat. Whereas, if I make $1,400 throughout the day... I spend $1,400 throughout the day. I don't want to add on any money if I'm going to have to pay an interest, right? Somebody said, I'll give you $1,000. I'm like, oh, I don't need it. I don't want that. I don't want $1,000 at some X percentage because I don't need it. I'm making as much as I'm spending. Same thing with body fat is if I eat enough during the day that I get to the end of the day that I'm not in a deficit, then I don't accumulate body fat because my body doesn't try to overeat. So the best way to address fatigue, the best way to address when you're not sleeping well, when you're waking up tired, is to eat more at the beginning of the day. So eat more at breakfast, eat more at lunch, and then you won't feel as tired going the next day because you're starting to compensate and cover that deficit that you've been in. So don't end the day with having to make up a bunch of calories. Get ahead of your day. So most of my clients, I want them to do a third's, So the first one-third of the day, first five to six hours, they should eat a third of their calories and protein. The second five to six hours of the day, the second one-third of being awake during the day, they eat the other, like another one-third of their calories and protein. Then the final one-third of being awake, they eat the final one-third of their calories and protein. That's a great way to control making sure you don't end the day in a deficit, you end up overeating, and you accumulate body fat. So, When our clients are more advanced, we actually try to emphasize even more calories and protein around workout times, so we skew that even more. But that's a good baseline to aim for, is aiming to have a third of my calories and protein in the first third of the day, a third in the middle third, a third of the end third. If you do that, that's gonna help a lot. So if you end the day hungry, if you're not sleeping well, if you're waking up tired or fatigued, Eat more in the morning, in the beginning of the day, breakfast and lunch, and that'll help address that a lot. That'll help a lot. Okay. Well, this was maybe a hopefully a fun or somewhat interesting rundown of looking at someone's nutrition and the thoughts that I kind of think through and what advice I would give them. So hopefully that was super helpful. Uh, so thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, and then if you have any questions of your own, if you want to send in questions or topics for the podcast, we'll answer them for free. So people people sending questions all the time, which I absolutely love. You can send them to our email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. Cool. Okay. Well, if you like today's podcast, please share it. The more people we share it with, the more people can help. Just, and if you share it, tell them that we'll answer their questions for free. So that way they know the podcast is um, theirs to use, theirs to benefit from. Thank you to those who financially support the podcast with donations. The podcast costs well over $1,000 a year for hosting costs. I give an hour to it every day, and we're going to keep it for free. Thank you to those who donate. You can do so at our website at www.broodlinegym.com. We have options for one-time donation, monthly donation, yearly donation, even just $5 a month. It does add up, and it does help. So thank you. If you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram pretty much every day. I'm posting a lot more on YouTube, so check us out on those two platforms. And then if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything you want to know, let us know at our email at at gmail.com. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.